Shut up and sit down. Hello, strangers, and welcome to Strangers in a Cinema. I'm one of your co-hosts, Paul Anderson, here with co-host Grace Williams. Grace, how are you this week? Hello, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Very good, very good. I haven't had much time to watch films, unfortunately, because I've no. been away with work. Um, so been adulting again. I've been adulting again. Yeah, no well house, done. no new house plants this week. Just no. just the way on a just the way on a trip with work. So fair enough. Yeah. Oh. It was a good, it was a good trip away. Uh, I'm not, yeah. not complaining. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a very good trip away with work. Well, where did you go? Uh, I went to London. Uh, London, London to a two day meeting with all wow. the managers from my company. Whoa, there. So yeah, it was it was good. It was good positive stuff. meeting. So yeah, yeah. What have you been up to? Um, what have I been up to? Um, well, I I went to a gig. I went to see Gary Clayle at the Bell in Bath, which was weird. Um, but a lot of fun, and I um I kind of um cheated on uh, strangers in a cinema raucous caucus quiz because I went and did a, a work quiz, which was way less fun than our quiz because it was general knowledge. Okay. Um, one of the specialist rounds was on Shrek, and I felt disgusted with myself that I knew most of the answers. There was a Shrek specialist round. Yeah, that's, that's a very specialist. Yeah, specialist yeah, yeah. Round. yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was like a general knowledge okay. quiz with like really stupid like. What's the carbon number of phosphates and stuff? What is the carbon number of phosphates? I don't know. <laughs> but we came second anyway. Okay. We won 13 pounds. Good. So, um, well, yeah. Worthwhile then, at least. Is um, that because of your Shrek knowledge? Um, I think it was on my Shrek knowledge and the fact that I knew that Vorvos was South African sausage. Right. Um, so, winning. Um, but yeah, I wish I'd been up to more. I've been a bit sick this week, so I've just been very sorry for myself and kind of binge watching um bojack horseman uh watching falling asleep's cloak and dagger again and re-watching legion series okay. two so yeah well it could be worse worst thing to do i guess i wish i was more enthusiastic to be honest with you sorry about <laughs> that guys you know i wish i wish something more exciting exciting had happened but um i'm pretty pumped tomorrow that i'm gonna go and watch batman 1989 in the cinema I didn't know that was on. I'm a bit gutted I've missed that, to be honest. It's right. It's, it's happening on Saturday as well. Oh, is it on Saturday to, night Yeah, as well? Saturday night as well. I so, may go Saturday yeah, night. Thank yeah. you for the heads up. No problem. So, yeah, while you're doing that, I'll be seeing. So, yeah, this week we promised High Life, which I didn't get to because it didn't come out in Bath in time, but it is out tomorrow in Bath. Yep. So, High Life will be being reviewed next week now, which is what I'm watching while you're going to be watching Batman. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's no, the situation. No, sounds cooler. So, yeah, definitely High Life. Um, <laughs> right, but what have we got for you this week, I hear you ask. What we've got for you this week is we've got the usual section of what we've been watching where we go through and talk to you about the films we've watched and what we thought of them. We've then got uh, Cannes Film Festival is on at the moment. We're going to talk about some of what we think the highlights of Cannes Film Festival are going to be. Well, I'll be honest with you, we haven't been there, we haven't seen them. It's just the films that take our fancy the most. Shortly, uh, well, sometime in between, or maybe even before that, we'll talk about some trailers we're really excited about. Uh, from the past week or maybe the past couple of weeks I think um, in one of their cases and on to top off the show we will have a feature review of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. What an eclectic show. That is quite an eclectic <laughs> show. We go from Cannes Film Festival to Detective Pikachu in about 45-50 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. so that gives us a lot to get through. So Grace <laughs> I've got a question for you. Yeah. I think you know what the question is going to be. The question is what have you been watching? Oh, what have I been watching? Well, Paul, a lot of shit. 
Seems to be every week. I, I don't know whether you should be pickier with the stuff that you put on. Um, but It's because I've seen all the good films, Paul. You've seen all the good films, <laughs> yeah. have you? That is a... Right, okay. Uh, listeners uh, listeners at home, that Grace has just laid down a challenge uh, in which she has publicly stated on a podcast uh, that goes certainly goes out in, in at least more than one country yeah. that Grace has seen all the good films. All the good films. So it, what I want, guys, is for you to take to the social media yeah, do. and just you know, throw some good films and let's see if Grace has seen yeah, but that's my all, all of the good films. Yeah. <laughs> According to me, though. Right, okay. So, if you've been... Right. <laughs> Don't be t- trying so to tell me Avatar's what, a good movie. Right. What have Seen you been that? watching? Okay, right. Let's start <laughs> off with the first shit film. Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> I watched this film. Um, I'm really sad to say it was shit because it's an independent, low-budget movie. But, you know, sometimes I wonder why people bother. Um, I watched a film called te- The Texture of Falling. The Texture of Falling. The okay. Texture of Falling. Do you know who directed The Texture of Falling? Oh, I forgot. I forgot her name. So you've decided name. to slag off someone's film and you can't oh, even know who directed it. Sorry, I'm looking at you. You keep can, talking. You can look it up. I'm looking it up for you. Um, right. <laughs> the film is set in Portland. Right. Which I know, US of A. It's about a girl, a woman. Who... Uh, directed and written by <laughs> Maria Alfred. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, that's Alfred. it. Not only yeah. directed and written, but filmed and starring okay. and marketed by this woman. Right, okay, okay. Right. So initially thinking, has she taken on too much? Should she have stuck to maybe one of one or two of those jobs? Because maybe a film would have been better. Sorry. Sorry, mate. Um, it's about a woman who is, she's a, a, fe- a, she's a female filmmaker in Portland and she wants to make a film about Portland with a love story in it. She ends up dating some composer who's really bad at acting. I don't even know the actor's name. And they say things like, what's so good for you in life? Oh, I love sensation. Oh, let's do some really bad acting together. Okay, let's do that. So that's like their plot is going on whilst another plot with this other couple and the woman who is played by the director have this like kind of Fifty Shades of Grey thing going on where they like do S&M stuff to each other so there's like a scene where they go to a rose garden and the guy like scratches her with a, a rose thorn down her arm she's like oh and then he like, like licks her and then there's another scene where they go on a ferris wheel and he they're in one of the carriages and he like bends her over her his lap and like spanks her in the carriage and it's just like and it was just so it was it was like so gratuitous and badly acted and such a shit pot that it was literally like one step away from watching a porno it was that bad okay and the, and the way it was shot as well because it was like on dslr it was just like really awkward i kind of felt like some music like bow, tick, bow, bow, was gonna happen at any moment i mean shit that sounds harsh was there any redeeming features of this you know because portland it, looked really nice portland looked really nice so because you yeah. ultimately you don't want to be in a position where you say something shit and then this she listens and then never makes another film that would be horrible i i, I don't think she's made loads of movies right, and okay. you know again i i feel bad saying that a film is shit because you know i but you know when someone i shouldn't judge someone based on sex if they've made a bad film they've made a bad film and it's it's had really good reviews from their mates on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, that's all right. It's got a good audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So Where did you see it? Um, I had to review it, Paul. I got okay. sent a private screener. So, um, yeah, I, I was asked, can you review this film? I was like, yeah, okay. 
and it was an hour an hour and 10 minutes as well um and yeah it, it was just a really confusing plot and when like the twist at the end was revealed i was just a bit like there was nothing in that film that kind of led to that happening do you know what I mean? I just felt really pissed off because I don't like that. So unsatisfying. Unsatisfying. Sex badly scenes. acted. Yeah, some of the some of the music was okay. Yeah, okay. there you go. High praise indeed. So yeah. avoid the texture falling. Go to Portland. Do you know when it's out? I think it's out already somewhere. Amazon. I think it's out on Amazon. Okay. Have, you, have a, Yeah, you watch it. I'm intrigued like, now. I'd be like, oh my God, I've just seen this film. It was incredible. Oh, it was so good. The acting was so great. Yeah. <laughs> All the characters were so relatable. Yeah. What have you been watching? So I've only managed to see two films this week, which is unusual for me, but at least I've seen two films. Uh, the first of which is the latest film from 30-year-old actor turned director Bradley Corbet. Uh, this is Vox Lux. Uh, starring Natalie Portman and a, a younger actress called Rafi Cassidy, who I recognise from somewhere and I can't quite place. Um, they basically, they both play um, a, a a massive, but I'd say a massive sort of Lady Gaga-esque pop star, perhaps. Mm. Um, and the first half of the film focuses on Celeste, the, the pop star in question, when she's sort of 13, going through to, I would say, late teenage years. Mm. Um, and th- at that point, she's played by the young, uh, said Rafi Cassidy. And then the film takes a big jump forward, about for probably 15, 16, 17 years, something like that, to when, or maybe even 18 years, to when uh, Celeste is 31. Um, and has had some has had a, a fairly successful career and is on what appears to be a comeback tour after some issues she's had in the press. I think there's, mm. there's, there's like there's, she's been arrested for something and her reputation's kind of down the drain really. Um, it, it's but basically the the whole film is for me feels like kind of um, not a satire is the wrong word just a sort of a, a, a quite a cutting look into fame and what it can do to people um and certainly how sort of a, a quick rise to fame can lead to this loss of innocence and that kind of thing and i think for the most part the film does a very effective job of of delivering that yeah um there is an opening the opening scene the first half it's bizarre so the film the film is presented in a three-act structure although just in spite of that it feels very much like a film of two halves mm. as i said before the first half of the film which is played by a younger actress the second half of the film, she's played by an older actress um Despite the presence of Natalie Portman, who is an actress I'm a big fan of, I felt that the first half of this film was a lot stronger than the second half in terms of sort of the rise to fame and the loss of Celeste's innocence. I thought was really, really well handled and really, really well acted by the the young Rafi Casti. I thought that was superb. Um, and in fact, without spot, I mean, I went into this not knowing anything that happened at all, really. Um, and the op- I'd say the opening probably five minutes it delivers, I would say, what is likely to be the strongest opening scene this year. It's just something happens in the first sort of... Mm. But if you do a bit of reading around it, you probably will find out what it is, but I'm not going to tell you here. Yeah, yeah. But something something happens in the first five minutes that's just incredibly powerful. And because I didn't know anything, didn't know anything about the opening of the film, completely took me by surprise. And it was so well done like the the way mm. the the way the camera was framed the way the scene was shot came completely out of left field and i just i just sort of i sat there watching the film i watched it um on curzon on demand in the end of home and i just sort of sat there and i was just like oh fuck mm. i did not see that coming and then it then it, it kind of builds with this kind of anxious energy of what something's going to happen like the, there's certain things certain uh, th- certain things are alluded to and then especially with the especially with the older the Acts two and three with the older Celeste. Yeah. Um, certain events happen again that that tie in Celeste with like a terrorist attack abroad. Um, 
not not her specifically, but the, well, there's there's one scene minor spoiler here where terrorists are wearing the the mask that she wore in a video, for example, and you think, okay, this is cool, this could go somewhere, and then the second half just kind of Natalie Portman does delivers a really good performance, I think, in terms of like a woman whose fame has got too much and has probably had enough of it and is very very jaded. But all like little things like that, there's 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 like a, a sense that something's coming, like something's going to go furtherly wrong, or the film's going to take you down a certain path, or there's going to be sort of, sort of sort of some stunning denouement at the end. And it for me, it just never quite gets there. For me, that this the, certainly the acts two and three just kind of drift around, and and nothing ever feels like it's quite resolved, despite it almost feeling like it's building to something. Right. The the third act is essentially the gig, the comeback gig, and that's fantastically well shot. Yeah. Um, But it just left me feeling like it was lacking something and I can't quite okay. put my finger on what. It's, a, it's, it's well worth watching. I think he's a very talented director and I think when Vox Lux works, it works fantastically well. Right. Um, I just don't think all of it worked for me anyway. I get the impression, like, I love Natalie Portman, but I kind of feel like she's moved into a new phase of her career now where she can't really do indie edgy films very well because that's, because she's so, she's been elevated so much to kind of Oscar status that Mm. she, like, Garden State was kind of, and maybe like doing the Lonely Island sketches are kind of like the last two kind of smaller things that she's done. Whereas now it's all like, Jackie and so when she's doing something like I was really surprised that she was doing this film because I kind of was just sort of like really that doesn't like Natalie Portman 10 years ago maybe but like now I, I don't know it's just something about it doesn't sit I mean it's I've read issues well. with, her, with her accent but I think I think she works for the role I, th- I think she's the, as I said the, the earlier actress is, is the youngest list I think gives the better of the two performances okay. here um, but that may maybe because I prefer the first half of the film I, sure. I don't know but um, yeah there's a lot to like I think Bradley Corbett he's a talent talented guy and he's certain certain the way he's framed certain shots the way he's filmed uh, when they moved to Los Angeles to take like the record contract out the way he's filmed Los Angeles it's just this big sort of it's just the way he films the buildings it looks like they're in po- like basically the city's just going to impose and it, it it builds a really really effective atmosphere it's just that atmosphere doesn't go anywhere cool uh, for me at least but Fair. Th- that's where I stand on Vox Lux what else have you been watching um, I watched a really shit like early 2000s movie which I thought was going to be go- good called Murder by Numbers and it has Sandra Bullock in it and a young Ryan Gosling and I thought Murder by Numbers, that sounds good. Doesn't that sound like a good killer? The Murder by Numbers killer. Like, you know, those like painting in things that you do, like painting by numbers. I thought it was going to be something like that, like Hangman, remember that? I'm going to stop you there. So at what point did you see an early noughties thriller starring... Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock and think, yes, that's going to be good. Because Sandra Bullock <laughs> is usually quite reliable. I mean, so, like well, speed, like she's, you know, it was that kind of, she'd just come off that a few years and it was before Miss Congeniality and I thought maybe she might be doing like an indie kind about of... about the net though? She did the net well, around that time. You know, and I thought, oh, Ryan Gosling, I'll give him a chance because I don't like him very much, but, you know, let's see the magic of Gosling back in, you know, when he was young. And it was just like... There's film, basically. Sandra Bullock's a cop detective who's really horny all the time. Ryan Gosling and a maid. Is this written on the back of the box? Yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock is horny all the time and then just everyone just buys it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bullock does not get her tits out. But that's revealed why. But there's a bit where the, the, she's having sex with this guy and he's like, oh, take your T-shirt off. And she's like, no, take off everything but the T-shirt. And it's like, oh, how mysterious. And then the reveal is just like, 
Um, but yeah, basically there's a murder because Ryan Gosling and his mate are like egging each other on. They're quite like rich kids style. And his mate is played by um, uh, Michael Pitt, I want to say his name is. Um, and he, like he's got like a sort of Le- young Leonardo DiCaprio vibe. But oh, I'm so like, I'm so emo, but I'm so troubled. But I live in, I live in uptown America, oh, LA style. And like they basically go, oh, how could we get away with murder? And they basically commit a murder. And the whole film is sort of Sandra Bullock trying to figure out which one of them murdered this person and it's just it was just so disappointing and there was no numbers in it really because the the number was just like two i guess because it was, so was one this, of them what was what year was this released is this like kind 2001 of, maybe so this is still like hanging off the back of seven possibly maybe kind of, but yeah actually, no, that seven was much earlier but yeah i was really disappointed because I, th- I thought with a title like that it was going to have a catchy kind of serial killer but no but no such luck no and Ryan Gosling wasn't smiling at this point. You know how now in every single movie he has this constant smirk on his face. But yeah. he, I actually, I probably enjoyed him the most in this movie. I, yeah, you know, I preferred his his performance in this movie than I did his performance in The Notebook, for okay. example. Yeah. Fair enough. So there you go. So there's a positive from Murder a by positive Numbers. A positive Murder by Numbers, yeah. Good. What else have you been watching? Uh, the only other thing I've watched said outside of Pikachu was Tolkien. Um, yeah, because I made you and then I didn't see it. Which is the <laughs> biopic of J.R.R. Tolkien, believe it or not, directed by Dome Karuski. Oh, classic. Yep. Um, to be honest, and th- so this stars this stars Nicholas Holt as J.R.R. Tolkien, yeah. um, Lily Collins as his love interest. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is a biopic. It's fine it's it's entertaining enough i guess um it's not the kind of film i would normally rush out to see no because you talk about murder by numbers and biopics uh, historical biopics historical figures and indeed pop stars uh, and <clears throat> bohemian rhapsody um are normally film made by numbers um and uh, there's not much that differentiates this in terms of the, the style of its filmmaking except for the fact that nicholas holt is really really good in this um, really good. Uh, he has he elevates the film above average. I would say just just above average. Um, and the other thing, the other things that I I, I think I quite liked about it were the implementation of the World War One scenes. Mm. I think they were they were pretty well handled. Um, the way some of the World War One scenes kind of blended into his fan scenes while he was kind of thinking of Lord of the Rings worked quite worked surprisingly well. Didn't seem overdone. Um, and those bits were were pretty well handled to be honest. Um, I. Did I learn much about Lord of the Rings? I guess not really. Um, not that you probably couldn't pick up from reading a sort of Wikipedia article. Did you learn much about Oxford, um, my hometown? Whoop. Yeah, I realised that I, I don't like Oxford people. Do you not? Fair well, enough. I mean, the, well, I mean the, the the Oxford Tufts represented in this film. Um, yeah, Oxford. I mean, not, yeah, yeah, that yeah. kind of it was him, um, Lewis Carroll, and C.S. Lewis all kind of hung out together. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I was temp- I was just tempted for the spin out of watching lots of. I always love watching bits of Oxford on screen because I'm like, oh, I remember that place. Yeah. That's where I got drunk down that alley that time, and oh, that's over the road from me. Wicked, that kind of thing. So that's why yeah, I was tempted. I, mean, but I, I, I mean, there are there's worse films of this out there of this nature out there to be honest. And I think yeah, it is it is mainly in credit due to Nicholas Holt that it works because he's yeah. 
he's great in this. Um, so yeah, it's, there's there's worse films you could watch. There's probably more interesting films out there you could see. Yeah. Um, but it's one you could happily take your mum to without too much issue. Yeah. Um, and they probably my mum would probably quite like this. I think. Yeah. Um, and I yeah I didn't I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It just is it did it does exactly what it says on the tin. If if ever a film if ever you come out of a film and I th- I can't remember who where I read this first, uh, but not not underwhelmed. Not overwhelmed. Just like... Just whelmed. That <laughs> like, yeah, just yeah. Like, yeah, that was fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so that was Tolkien. Yep. I'm going to sneak else? in one more movie called Peelers, which Netflix has just put out, which was so fucking weird. <laughs> At least you haven't. At least you haven't just gone. It was shit again. At least, I'll take fucking it was, weird. It but, was pretty. Yeah. It was. It was so like it was shit in a kind of B movie. No, way, you though. can't just say things are shit. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> fine. Okay. Fine. It was so cheesy, so wacky, and so stupid that in a B movie way that it was very watchable. What's the premise? But it was of, not a good movie. Is it about right. pillars? No, okay. right, you would, yeah, wrong. okay, <laughs> yeah, you, way off. So, set in a strip club. Right. Oh, <laughs> they peel off their clothes. Ah, well, so there's this lady, I call her a lady, she's not really a lady, but we'll call her a lady. She runs this strip joint, That's it's the last night of the strip joint, it's about to be bought by this old white dude who's like, ah, I'm going to own this building by midnight and you ladies going to get out. So there's... A few strippers. There's a right. pregnant stripper. Um, there's a stripper called Baby who does. They... Of course, it's a stripper called Baby. <laughs> but my but she like literally dresses like a baby, and they all right. each of them have like a, a talent. A I kind of don't want to ruin what their talents okay. are because I feel like you should watch this movie just because you should. Um, but they're, they're like it's kind of like along the lines of shooting a ping pong ball out of your hoo ha. Right. That kind of talent. I put in quotes. Anyway, so then a group of Mexican miners come into the strip bar and they're enjoying one of their birthdays, but they're all feeling a bit sick, you see, Paul. They're all a bit coughing and sort of... They're not feeling very hungry and they don't like the taste of beer. And guess what happens? They've got a virus, Paul. Oh. Oh, no. What happens? Their skin peels off. Zombies in a strip bar! It sounds a bit like zombie strippers. It's nothing like it, though. Because okay. these kind of zombies spit oil. Baby oil? No. Like, okay. <laughs> like black oil. Right, okay. Like the oil that runs your car kind of oil. Yeah. But yeah, it was like... It's 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 definitely worth a watch. It's a very enjoyable 90 minutes. Okay. It sounds interesting. It's stupid. I mean, maybe, uh, from my premise, I feel like maybe if you've got zombies spitting baby oil at strippers, then I think <laughs> you, uh, that would work. I mean, that 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 would be like quite subtle <laughs> in comparison with what happens okay. in this movie. Yes. I dare you listeners to watch. Peelers, is it? It's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm intrigued. I might give yeah. Peelers a watch in the morning. <laughs> um, good. Uh, yeah. Right, I don't know where to go after Peelers. Where did we go after Peelers? I'll tell you where we're going to go from Peelers. We're going to have a little bit of a break. Yeah. And then we're going to go straight into... Trailers. Trailers. Yeah. Not Peelers. Trailers. trailers. So many films with so many trailers. What should we talk about? That's my new bit. Okay. Uh, I think that needs some work. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't you know I'm writing a new song for each bit. Okay. Okay. Good. Cool. Good. I look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, wicked. Um, but cool. not as much as I'm looking forward to. What have we got? Trailers wise, two trailers that excited me in this past week, and I believe the It Chapter Two trailer probably came out last week. So yeah, uh, and I've just missed it because I wasn't that infused by the first It. To be I think honest. it came out like on Sunday. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't as infused by okay, the first because It because people have people went mad for the first It film. Yes, I've seen they people, did. Oh my god, it's incredible and Shut you know, up. just uh, just there. I was just like, look, I don't get it. Like, I didn't think it had very good atmosphere. I didn't think it was that scary. I thought some of the practical effects were were, were fine. I thought some of the performances were fine. I just didn't feel the film. I didn't. I didn't hate the film. I just didn't feel like it had no. any atmosphere. And why add in like all this other weird shit in there when there's so much source material to go from? And also Pennywise. Sorry, no, he's not that scary. <laughs> Pennywise. No, you're not. You're you're not scary. The only good bit I thought, which was the only bit I thought was better than the miniseries, which is my beloved, beloved, beloved thing, is the um, Georgie death scene. I thought that was more yeah um, chilling. But that was it. So I'm glad we've never really talked about that. Yeah. Cool. No, so okay. I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought, I, for my money, it was quite overrated. I don't get what, what the fuss was about. Yeah. Um, however, there has been a trailer for It Chapter 2, yeah. uh, which focuses on the Adult Losers Club. Um, yeah. And we've got who? We've got Phil Hader. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Chastain. Um, James McAvoy. James McAvoy. He pops up in everything, now, um, doesn't he? Among others in here, playing the Adult Losers Club and uh, Bill Skarsgård returning as... Pennywise, um, yeah. So the trailer, I was I was more enthused by this trailer, I think. But then I thought the trailer for the first one was great. So yeah, um, I think I I I get the impression from the trailer that this film will be quite a bit darker in tone, um, and hopefully a bit scarier. I thought it was a pretty effective trailer myself. Yeah. Um, I'm not that familiar with the miniseries. I have seen it fairly recently. I'd say probably in the last twelve months. Yeah. Um. But I I don't love it. I, just, I probably feel about the same way as I do about the original It, to be honest. I think the, we were talking off air. I think the bit with the kids at the beginning of the original miniseries yeah. is, is good. Yeah. And then I think the bits in the adult, the bit with the adults is, is not far off terrible just because they are so bad acting. Oh, yeah, apart from... Um, um, and the pacing slows <clears throat> down to a crawl. But What's her name who plays... Um, uh, thingy in Superman. What's that actress's name? She Margot, played... Margot Kidder. No, she plays... Um, Lana Lang in the Superman movies. I've forgotten the actress's name who plays Beverly in the adult. Anyway, she's really good in it. I like her. Okay. I like her in the adult one, but yeah, definitely. So, and that's here's to hoping there's no giant spider in the second one. <laughs> yeah, I've been intrigued to see if there's a giant spider in the second one because that scene, you know, aged aged immediately, almost aged immediately after they put it on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, I think yeah, I think that there's promise here. I I will check it out because I'm a big horror fan. Um, I just hope I hope they take it a bit darker. And to be honest, there's a lot more room for improvement on this section of the story than there was when they remade it before. So I'm going to blow your mind. Did you know that there is an Indian TV film of it that's called Whoa? Whoa! I didn't. Whoa! Yeah, Google it. It's okay. weird. It's it's honestly it's the funniest thing you'll see. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Have you seen all of it? I haven't. I can't find the film. If oh, anyone okay. can send me a link to this film, because I can only see one clip on YouTube where the clown's in a pool and he's like, "Hello, kid, I'm <laughs> going to get you." <laughs> it's so funny. It's really funny. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll send you a clip. Well, maybe I'll try and see that before I see it. Chapter two. Yeah. But, yeah. No, it's chapter two. I'm. I'm quietly confident. I think it will be. It'll be well made. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah the definitely. cast is talented. Jessica Chastain can do no wrong in my eyes. So, um, I'm there. 
um, regardless. Um, the next film is a film that I am incredibly excited for, and this trailer personally has done nothing to dull that excitement, if anything made me even more excited. This is Ari Aster's follow-up to Hereditary Midsummer, starring another actress who, in my eyes, can do no wrong. Um, so much so that I have a mental block and completely forgotten her name. So only her name. Only by her name she can do wrong. Yeah, yeah only by her name. name she can do wrong. Well, it stars uh, an actor that I think could do no wrong, which is uh, Will Poulter, who should have been Pennywise, actually. Because you remember well, he, he was, was originally cast as Pennywise, yeah, wasn't and he? he would have been sick. But yeah, I, I, I am excited about this film, but I do kind of feel like it's the Swedish Wicker Man meets like a kind of that's fine with me ritual ritualistic virginal thing i don't know as as a sweet florence Pugh. i can't believe i forgot florence Pugh's name and that's just the can do no wrong in my eyes florence Pugh. i, I have not seen a bad florence florence Pugh performance yet Florence uh, Pugh performance. Yes. Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah, alongside Florence Pugh, we've got Will Poulter, we've got Jack Raynor, who will try and forgive Transformers because he's been good and everything else. He kind of looks um, a bit like Seth Rogen's little brother, doesn't he? does a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Julie Ragnarsson, Anna yeah. Astrom. Yeah. Um, and that's all the cast that I recognise in the yeah. honesty. But yeah, I, yeah, maybe it, is, maybe it does look like the Swedish Wicker Man. Fine. Uh, I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Um, I think... The last film that came out that owed a bit to the Wicker Man was uh, Apostle on Netflix. Yeah, and that was great. So, yeah, uh, and of course, um, the Wicker Man of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, and the bees. The All about the bees. So you know, if it yeah. does look like a Swedish Wicker Man, then I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, after yeah, after Ariasta's uh, the job Ariasta did with Hereditary. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm psyched. Yeah, no, it, it does look it does look really good, and it doesn't give away too much about what the the kind of you know something nasty. I, I don't think we need another trailer after this no, one. To be no, honest, leave um, it out, Ari. We definitely need. We definitely don't need a third trailer because no. te- I, I, you know, I, I don't. Sometimes I, I've said this, and I'll keep saying this. Sometimes I'd almost be happy with just one teaser trailer, and then the film comes out. Yeah. But, um, we don't live in that world, unfortunately. No, so no, we know my um, feeling on trailer. This summer, yeah. travel to Sweden with. Florence Pugh, you know, that kind of thing. That shouldn't, at least the trailer isn't that. That's my dream. So yeah, I thought it was a really good trailer. I think yep. it's really effective. The film looks terrifying. The cast looked great. Uh, and I'm very excited for it. I'd say probably my second most anticipated film to come out of the summer. Yeah. Behind uh, Godzilla, King of Monsters. Sure. And John Wick 3, which I'm going to okay. see tomorrow. Fair enough. Third then. I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I don't know if those are my ex- most excited films, but excited for films. I should mention that I'm not feeling very well today, so if I'm jumbling up all my words, I've not gone wrong. <laughs> I'm a bit that's broken. Why, that's why everything's shit today. Yeah, everything's shit. But yeah, obviously, obviously, um, or, uh, as someone of Swedish descent, I totally um, identify with all these characters. <laughs> Right, moving on to the next section. Uh, right, so we'll have a brief break. We'll be back after that um, revealing chat about Grace's heritage uh, <laughs> into a brief chat about the films that we are most excited for. So probably our high, well, I say our highlights, our highlights of what's going on at Cannes Film Festival, which is going on at the moment. So we'll be back after this. That was the can cam, by the way. That was quite good to be Thanks. fair. I did wonder. I did Thanks. wonder for a second there. What I wrote were, that. While referring to my notes, I was sitting there. I was just like, "What <laughs> is she doing now?" Yeah. I'm gonna have to just pull the plug on the show this week. And then you went. This is the can can. So you've uh, you've rescued that. Merci so, beaucoup. Well done. Uh, um, what are you? 
you go first. Just yeah. a handful of stuff that we're excited about. We said we haven't seen any of this. We're not at Cam. Um, no, but to be honest, to I, I did get like flashbacks about by a bit of PTSD from when I was at Cam. I'm gonna go. Oh my god, that was so much work. It was crazy. <laughs> it was amazing. But ah, like <laughs> like looking at all the films, I was just like, oh my god, like. Like, Cannes is an amazing thing to go to, but when you're trying to fit everything in and you're rushing around and it looks all really glamorous, but, like, for us kind of, like, normal people running up the red carpet, it's like, yeah, I just got to get some film. Yeah, okay, because take my photo. I'm not main. Just go away. Um, but, no, I wish I was there. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we should be... Maybe let's get us some tickets next year. Can sort it out. Yeah, sort if you're us listening, out. just send us some tickets to all of these films. Look, I think, you know, we, we give a very... Uh, in in sight. <laughs> if Grace promises not to say thing, just that something shit. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I will. No, we we give like insightful, amazing reviews to lots of films, past and present, and I think our voice should be heard. I can just saying. Okay. Okay. Um, what are you that, excited about? I think that will work. Uh, right, can what can film festival wise? I'm very excited. Uh, I haven't seen his most recent film. I don't think, but that doesn't stop me being very excited about a hidden life. Um, this is director Terence Malick, who Badlands and Thin Red Line and Tree of Life are films I all adore. Really? Um, they make yeah. me yawn Absolute. just set hearing the word Terence Malick. Absolutely. <laughs> Get out. Um, right, I absolutely adore those films, uh, oh. ignoring what Grace said, the Grace is sacrilege there. Um, and this excites me because he, basically the concept of this is stars August Deal as an Austrian farmer and a conscientious executor during the Second World War. We've got a supporting cast, don't you do it, a uh, supporting cast that includes Math- Matthias Schoenhart, awesome, Michael Rinkvist, rest, rest in peace, awesome, and Mike Bruno Gans, also rest in peace, so... It's an awesome supporting <laughs> cast. And you're laughing at the fact that actors have died now. No, it's just because it's like, were they so bored by working on a Terrence Malick film? <laughs> I just, it's just so funny because Terrence Malick is one of those directors, isn't he? That like people either really love or really hate. And I know like we've never really talked about Terrence Malick and these, these riffs of the happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm glad you're excited about it. It, does, it sounds really epic and sad. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're excited about it too. And, um, and obviously, one of the, the like, there's certain directors that are going to happen to be at Cannes, and there always is Terrence Malick. Check. Yep, deservedly so. <laughs> What's your pick? My pick. Um, okay, I've picked. You, you don't. You can't yawn at this one because you've never heard of her, so it's all right. Um, Atlantic's a Flinch film. Um, directed by Matty Diop. Um, and it is about. It's. I'll just read you a, a, a little bit of a plot because you're going to be sold in a sub in a suburb of Dakar that lies along the Atlantic coast a futuristic looking tower is about to be officially opened the construction workers have not been paid for months and they escape I'm sold that sounds great yeah cool yeah okay I'm excited about that I'm into that cool Parasite looks amazing yeah directed by Bong Joon-ho Okja Snowpiercer yeah um, Mother right yeah, just incredible director. Uh, very, very excited. Korean language film. Uh, not not a Netflix one this time around, unlike Okja. But yeah, incredibly excited for this. Um, it looks absolutely superb. Um, it's Bong Joon-ho. Yep. What more do you need to know? And it looks it, it, it looks like a film that's going to do so well that it's going to get an American shit remake. You know when that happens? When a foreign film's just like so good and then the we- us Westerners are like, oh, we can make that. And it's like, nah. No. Like how they've ditched the Tony Erdman remake, do you know what I mean? Have they done the Tony Erdman remake? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think because Jack Nicholson's gone a bit... 
a bit a bit wrong. Tony Erdman. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think, Life he's, I think he's got Alzheimer's or something. Oh shit. I think he's got a bit like okay. who am I? That's just a rumor. Right. That that's not fact. No. Fact check that. But I no. think that's one of the reasons why they've shelved that. Okay. But yeah, but it wouldn't have worked anyway. It's an incredibly European movie. Yeah, Tony Erdman. So exactly, it would not have worked. Um, who else do we always have on the um can film list? But Pedro Almodovar, don't we? Always. Yeah. Every couple of years. He's a pretty talented director. Unless um, you yawn at him as well. No, no, I love him. Don't worry. <laughs> Julietta is one of my favourite movies. Okay. Just saying. Okay. No, just Terence Malick gets the yawn. And maybe one other director in this list. Have you seen um, Badlands? No, you've but you've banged on about Badlands though, haven't you? Yes. You should see Badlands before you write off Terence Malick. Completely. Okay, fair enough. Um it's not even that long. Okay, I'll <laughs> check it. Um, so, uh, Pedro Almodovar, Almodovar uh, Pain and Glory. Um, star- it's actually quite a main cast. It's got Antonio Banderas and Penelope Cruz in this one, which is kind of heavy hitters, It's unusual really. for Almodovar to have yeah, those two yeah. actors in his films. So. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's it's got that kind of like uh, vague, can kind of plot. Sort of a film narrate, uh, narrates a series of re-encounters of Salvador Mala, a film director, and his decline. So it's, you know it's kind of going to be like, Oh, loads of a series of flashbacks. Which, to be honest, um, Pedro does like quite a lot anyway in his yeah. movies. So apart from I'm so excited, which definitely was not that kind of film. Uh, so, <laughs> did you see that? I have got over that with one. The yet, but, yeah, it didn't. It didn't massively appeal. I'll be honest. From the, well, well, from the publicity. When when I was working in cinema and we had it, we had a customer write in and complain because there was a bit of um, a fellatio scene in it, and this woman had brought her grandson to come and see the film, thinking it was going to be like, oh, Pedro Almodovar, oh, so cultural, and she was like, I can't believe that you showed a film with such filth in it. You should put this on your posters that there's a scene of this nature. It's like. Like, can you imagine, like, be- beware, cocksucky, yeah. <laughs> in this film. And also, don't watch it. Has it has an age rating, surely. So. Yeah, it's a 15, yeah. so, yeah. like, get, get over yourselves. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Good. Yeah, what else are you excited about? Uh, last one for me that caught my eye. I mean, there's probably loads, but the, the, there will be loads. But the last one for me that sort of really jumped out was a film called Little Joe by a director called Jessica Hausner, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, yes. this, this stars Emily Beecham and Ben Wishaw yep. in a sci-fi drama about genetically engineered plant that scatters its seeds and seems to cause uncanny changes on living creatures. Sounds so amazing. Sounds intriguing, if not a little bit like Annihilation. So I'm intrigued to see where this goes. Yeah. Um, it's a sci-fi. There's a genetically engineered plant. Uh, uh, so I'm on board. Yep. Um, it sounds very, very interesting. As I said, it sounds definitely Annihilation-like in yeah. terms of sort of weird modifications to plants and animals and that kind of thing. So Stash little shop of horrors. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. well, maybe. Who yeah. Knows? But we'll see where it goes. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, all good. Guess who has to be at Cannes Film Festival? Would it be a Cannes Film Festival without local boy Ken Loach? Would it? No. No, no it wouldn't. I hear you all cry. Of course, cry. Ken Loach got a can. Um, Ken Put Loach can. has got a can, can. A film called Sorry We Missed You. Guess what it's about? <laughs> Is it a social drama? Is it sort of a drama <laughs> about social class and social mobility? Yeah. Actually, what? believe it or not, in Newcastle. <laughs> right. Family in Newcastle. There you go. Just go with that. Yeah, I think we... Yeah. Poverty stricken family in Newcastle. Yeah, Ken Loach is very talented. From Bath. He lives in Bath. He does not? live in Bath. I see him in Waitrose quite often. Do you really? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. And he's um, a big um, 
I, he, I think he's the chairman or trustee of Bath City Football Club. Okay, yeah, he I does quite a lot. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I nice haven't seen chap. him in Waitrose yet, but I'd have be, you not? No, oh, I'm classic. Just gonna hang around in Waitrose yeah, yeah, yeah. just in case I bump into Ken Loach. Yeah, do it. Uh, oh, I yeah. love you, Ken. Yeah. yeah, cool. I am gonna hang around in Waitrose more to see Ken Loach now. In fact, I've got two full days off. I'm just gonna stand in Waitrose in the doorway and see if Ken Loach comes in. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Awesome. Anyway, enough about my weekend escapade. So we'll be back after this with our feature review of Detective Pikachu. Best. Come on, the best there ever was. Join in, Paul. I didn't grow up with it, so I don't know. The <sighs> Pokemon. No, okay, fine. Yeah, we we watched Detective Pikachu. We I did. Was, yeah. Do you want to set this one up for us? Were you a fan? That did you grow up with Pokemon? Was this something that you gotta were... catch them all? Yes. Because my wife was incredibly excited. I I think I just missed Pokemon at the yeah. age I am, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, my um, half was like. Nah, not seeing it. So, yeah, I just missed it. I will say I'm not the target audience for this film, but at the same time, if you can imagine... Right, so when you walked into Pokemon, was probably exactly how I was feeling when I walked into Transformers. Well, I... So, like, my relationship with Pokemon is I collected the trading cards a lot, and I watched the TV show, and um, the Pokemon movie was one of the first movies I went to see by myself at the cinema. It was that and then Moulin Rouge, weird combination. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so and then like when they started introducing newer pokemon is when i was a bit like oh they like changed the style of the cards and i really was into like the game boy game and yeah, yeah it was like yeah pretty sick but I, I was never like beyond when i was about reached like 13 i was a bit like yeah i'm not really into pokemon anymore so but yeah i was totally pumped for it in a way because when i like because the um the whole idea of pokemon living with humans and it not being so like it being more kind of no- normalised in that way, I guess. Yeah. Cool. Should we watch a clip before I ramble anymore? Yes. Let's watch one. <laughs> Let's watch listen, one. To, Let's a listen clip. to a clip. Pikachu? Oh, jeez. Hey, little guy. How did you get in here? I know you can't understand me, but put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Wait, 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 wait. That is heavy eye contact right there. You heard me. No, no, yes, you did. Oh, my God, this is amazing. You can understand me. I've been so lonely. Ah, classic Pokemon. So, yeah, just to give a bit more of the the premise of the plot, really, um, is that basically um, a young man's father goes missing, uh, Harry Goodman goes missing, and his son, Tim, uh, decide is called to uh, Rhyme City, a city where humans and Pokemon live side by side. Um, there's no sort of Pokemon training or fights. Everyone lives in harmony, in, or seemingly in harmony in Rhyme City. Um, his father goes missing after investigating um, a case. Yeah, he yeah. does. His father goes missing and he decides to try and find his father. Uh, in the midst of trying to find his father, he bumps into Pikachu, yes. uh, who he can talk to and understand. And no one really understands why he can talk to or understand a Pokemon. Uh, and they team. he teams up with Pokemon Pikachu and they attempt to happen. They do some very little detective work um, in an attempt to find out what happens to his dad. Yeah. Um, Shall I start on what I thought? Yeah, that's fine. So, I did not expect the film to go the way it went. Um, No. And in some ways, 
I mean, so my knowledge of Pokemon probably comes to playing Pokemon Go for a bit, to be honest, when that was out. So right. I kind of grasped what the characters were. I did, I did little. I've seen the first animated movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I had a bit of a grasp of, of what was going on, not loads. Uh, but I think the way, for me, the way they kind of set this film up in the trailers was we were going to get almost not not a film noir, I'm not gonna, wasn't going to go that far, but we might actually get some kind of detective mystery where you've got two characters working together to actually detect what happens to <laughs> and solve the mystery of what happens to Tim's dad, yeah. uh, played by Justice Smith, I hasten to add, um, and Pikachu's voice by Ryan Reynolds. Um, yeah. What we get is uh, an hour and 45 minutes of shameless fan service um, and more Pokemon battles than you can ever hope to imagine. But, but in a Philip K. Dick universe. But don't, don't get me wrong, it it's a lot of fun. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I had a good enough time with this film. Yeah, I bet you did. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the kind of thing that if I'd if I'd gone into like this and it had been a Transformers film that was done like this that had so strictly adhered to the source material, I'd have been like, yeah, that's everything I wanted out of it. Um, yeah, I didn't know. It wasn't. It was like a whole new story. I don't know how close it was to Detective Pikachu. I want to say game. Is it a game? Um, see, this is how out of touch I am with Pokemon. But um, yeah, I didn't really care. Like, new story, whatever. Which was your favourite Pokemon? Uh, uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I don't remember any of the Pokemon. What was your favourite Pokemon? Okay, my favourite Pokemon was either the Jigglypuff or Bulbasaur or Ditto. One of those. Oh, Ditto three. was a cool cameo. I didn't see Ditto. Ditto come. There's a Ditto in it, guys, which most people who know Pokemon should have worked that out. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's chaos. Um, Psyduck was amazing. Psyduck was great. Oh, Psyduck, what Psyduck power. was one of the highlights. He's like the Professor X of, um, of Pokemon, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, because he's like, oh, my brain, my brain is overload now. I'm going to go explode oh, yes. everything. So good. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed this film way more than I thought I was going to. I, to be I, honest, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. I, yeah, I thought that the whole thing is it's very predictable. Yeah. It's very formulaic. It is just it is just hour and 45 minutes of fan yeah. service, but sometimes that's fine. That's yeah. all people want. And I think if you go into this as a fan of Pokemon, you will take a lot away from this. You just go, yeah, that was an absolute joy. It was a oh, lot yeah. of fun. Um, and yeah, and I think, yeah, I think for me, I can relate to it as Transformers because like Lord, my wife was massively into Pokemon in the same way as massively into Transformers. Um, and if it kind of feels a bit more like Bumble than it be, than it does to the, the other Transformers films do. And the yeah. fact they actually, they care about, they clearly care about the source material. They're delivering something to the fans. Yeah. And ultimately if, if anyone else wants to come along and enjoy it, tough shit, this is for the fans. And they've, they've, and yeah. I, I kind of, in some ways, in some ways, I like that. the uh, The flip side of it is, if you came into this film not knowing anything about Pokemon, you would be able to take very little out of this. Yeah. Um, okay. That would be my that would be my criticism of it is that if you didn't know what you were doing, it, it doesn't it doesn't lead you into the it doesn't hold your hand and lead you into the world. It's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Boom, yeah. there you are. But there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think, because no. ultimately, it's very unlikely that if you don't know what a Pokemon is, it's very unlikely you're going to want to in, wander into this no. film anyway. No, exactly. So, um, and uh, yeah, weird having Bill Nye in it. That was a, that was a bit of a weird one, but, but you know that was cool, fine. Um, and what a twist at the end! It's almost like Shyamalan directed it. Just a weird twist. It was a weird twist, didn't you? A very think? weird twist. Yeah, there's a very weird. And twist it made sense. None of that film made sense. It was a film about Pokemon Grace. Ryan, no, the, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds being cast as Pikachu made sense. I'm not saying Deadpool yes. was at the end. Because that would yeah. have been really weird. No, but, Deadpool yeah. doesn't appear. As, but as I was someone just seems like, to have thought. yeah, I was like, oh, cool, okay. Um, also, if you do want, uh, if you want to see this film uh, outside of the cinema, um, then go on to YouTube, and Ryan Reynolds has posted the whole film. 
Has he? Yes. Why? Have you not seen what Ryan Reynolds has posted? No. I'm not going to spoil it. He's posted all of Detective Pikachu on YouTube. Has he? Yeah. Okay. Or has he? Or has he? (laughs) 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 So yeah, I don't think there's much more to say about Detective Pikachu, to be honest, in the fact that it's... It's a laugh. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, I loved, I loved the, I loved Rhyme City. It was so cool. It was so like nice looking. It was so beautifully rendered, and it was so yeah, like it was like Philip K. Dick's. It was like Blade Runner meets yeah. It was, it was yeah. I really liked it aesthetically. Pretty, pretty images. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty film. The special effects. The, the, the Pokemon looked cool. Actually, they looked like they, they haven't tried to. And again, I bring up Transformers again, is what Michael Bay, the biggest thing for me that Michael Bay fucked up is he changed the designs of Transformers to the, the, they either look nothing like their original um, toys yeah. or they all looked exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and what I liked is the fact that what they didn't do in uh, Detective Pikachu is they didn't mess around with the character designs. They didn't mess around with the Pokemon. They didn't try and modernise it. They haven't tried to change it. They just went, right, that's what it is. That's what they look like. And they looked exactly like yeah. they were meant to look. So, yeah. yeah. For an hour and 45 minutes of fan service, it's entirely satisfying. Yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Good. Yeah, um, little surprise bit that I'm going to add into this podcast because I'm very aware that it's we're now officially into like summer season for the blockbusters and um, like lots of lots of uh, different shows and people are speculating what the number one at the box office is going to be. So I was just interested what you think the number one summer film might be this summer. The number one summer film. Yeah. But are we including Endgame in summer films? No, it's not Endgame. Endgame was yeah, it stops at Endgame. So. Uh, Godzilla. Yeah. Of Monsters. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's going to top the box. Yeah, I think that's going to top the summer box office. Yeah, I think it's going to be Secret Life of Pets two. Do you think? Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of um, people are saying Lion King is going to be number one. Actually, no. No, I take it back. Lion King. Do you think? Lion King, yeah. Because I'm kind of... everything else. I completely forgot Lion King was coming out. Because I kind of feel like Lion King, even though it's a live-action remake like Aladdin it's is... It's an animation. It's an animation. And I think a lot of people our age are going to remember like how fucking sad Lion King is and be like, what am I going to take my little kid to? A film where there's a lot of heartache or Secret Life of Pets 2. That's, that's my theory. Or Godzilla. Or Godzilla. Yeah, less heartache, more just like... Yeah. yeah, definitely. I'll take my kids to see Godzilla. Yeah. Like, and... It's like po- a grown-up Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they have like a Kong teaser at the end. Yeah. And they'll be like, ah, shit. Which they will. They definitely yeah. will. Because they're filming that at the moment. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I was just interested. Yes, just a little extra bit. That's what I Wicked. think. Wicked. Okay. Whoever, whoever wins, um, wins um, a stick of bubblegum. Whoever wins has to watch a Terrence Malick film. Okay. <laughs> whoever loses, no, wait, whoever wins. For me, it's a prize for you anyway. We'll work that out. We'll work that out. That's pretty much the end of the show, uh, except to say, find us on social media. Uh, just a reminder if Grace thinks she's seen all the good films, all of the good films, yeah. so um, send some good films her way and we'll yeah, see if she's seen them. Yeah. Uh, if she hasn't seen them, then she has to do a three, she has to do a triple bill of Tree of Life. Uh, Thin Red Line Uh, and what is the one that nobody likes and one of the bad Terrence Malick films so yeah that's what will happen so find some good films because Grace has seen all of them Um, find us on social media at Strangers Cinema on Twitter Strangers in a Cinema on Instagram and Facebook and we'll be back next week with reviews of definitely of High Life definitely of John Wick 3 one of my most anticipated films of the year (laughs) 
and Batman 1989, because you're seeing that at the cinema tomorrow. Yeah, I, I could do a whole episode on that, man. No, I won't. <laughs> but yeah, I will review it. So that's it. Join us next week. Thanks yeah. for listening. Bye-bye. Shut up and sit down.